Hi, this is Jordan Shively. The reason I'm dropping this in today is because I'm making a book. It's going to be a weird, comedic, fictional horror book. It's going to have fake newspaper pages. It's going to have curses. You may never be able to put it down. It may attach to your hands. It may slowly get into your skin. You may want to eat parts of it. You may try to like tell your friends to come to a basement, and then there's just a bunch of books everywhere. Who knows what's going to happen with this book? But... It's being funded right now, and you can back it at unbound.com backslash books backslash hot singles. Hi, this is Jordan Shively. Hi, I'm Brock Wilber. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or kind of dark story we've heard, and then try to find the silver lining, or maybe just flip it into something that, while probably not positive, will at least be productive. Jordan, holy shit, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How you been? No, you aren't. You're in Minneapolis. It's on fire. How are things? <laughs> it, it is literally on fire. Uh, I just sent some mail out right before all that happened, and the day after, that the post office burned down. I, I I have multiple friends that their like recovery job was to go work at that post office, and they were like, "Okay, so like I didn't care about a post office before. It's in flames. What an odd time! What an odd time to see a post office in flames." <laughs> oh no! And we have another person here today. Hi. <laughs> this is Megan. Megan, would you like to introduce yourself, or would you like us to natter on about you? Oh, God. Um, I can introduce this myself. This is Megan Ball. Oh, my God. She's so cool. <laughs> Jordan, back to like, you. Like, the coolest, um, she writes for Tor, Nightfire, um, other places, super good music taste, very Aww. gothy, is a, like an expert master class needle embroidery <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, you're going to make me blush. It also has something weird to tell us about today. Yes, I have many weird things, but we've chosen one specifically that I think is super interesting and that not a lot of people know about. And what is that? These are the catacomb saints of Eastern Europe, and they're a type of Catholic reliquary, and they are beautiful and weird and creepy because Catholicism is nothing but aesthetics and being super goth and metal, despite being a really problematic religion, but at least it's pretty. So if they can do stuff with skeletons, they're gonna. <laughs> so what so what are what are these saints? What are they like? So are they are they animatronic? Are they like golems? <laughs> do they that like do, do do they walk around like killing tourists who go into the wrong parts of the catacombs? Is this like the Catholic version of like Five Nights at Freddy's? <laughs> because I, I'm pretty sure it actually is, right? <laughs> it's pretty close. They're very interesting. Uh, there are a bunch of skeletons that were um, quote unquote procured from a mass grave in mm -hmm, Italy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the Catholic <laughs> Church, the Vatican. I'm like, sorry, Jordan, that was one of your weirdest aside. <laughs> I'm just here for this. 
Yeah, the Catholic Church was like, well, we've got all these skeletons. Um, what should we, we do with found. them? We found we these found, skeletons. We found these skeletons. We think they might be martyrs, possibly, quote, unquote. Um, so what they did is they sold them to a bunch of churches in, like, Germany and Sweden and the Czech Republic and, like, Eastern Europe type of places. With the thesis here being that, like, you should buy a martyr. Like, if you don't yeah. have a martyr, you're, like, you're... Your church sucks ass. Yeah, it's like everyone's got one now. You don't you want to keep up with the Joneses in the parish next door? Don't you want to keep up with the Catholic Joneses? Incredible. Yeah, the... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they sent all these skeletons, and they went to these little parish churches. And in these parish churches, uh, the local nuns and monks would decorate them in fine silk and jewels and pearls and gilt and armor. And so, and then they would pose them in the actual church, like in a place of honor. And everyone would come around and be like, yes, this is totally St. Valentine. The Vatican said so. So please, here's the plate. Put all donations here. St. Valentine is super happy to see you. And they totally not random heretic bones. Yeah, not at totally. all. <laughs> no, not at all. It, actually, to the fact that when people started looking at these, you know, several years ago, they're like, some of these skeletons are not just one skeleton. <laughs> these are like <laughs> this. This leg bone does not match. It's like two inches shorter than the other leg bone. And um, they realized that has like they three were... skulls. Yeah, they were put together wrong, and they're like, hmm, there's there's something going on here that we don't know if it's either because they didn't know how to put them together, or they just, like, grabbed a bunch of bones and said, eh, one of each, you're good, here you go. Um, it's called faith, Megan. It's called having faith. <laughs> it's a faith, it's faith-based, what's the study of bones? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's basically necromancy at this point, oh, kind of. Yeah, okay, faith-based necromancy, oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally get this. Is this at all kind of related to the Sedlak ossuary? It a kind of is a little. Catholicism, especially Catholicism of that time period, which was around the 16th and 17th century, were really interested in the idea of death and preserving um, relics and preserving bones as a way to like kind of show like the afterlife or like the promise of like what your faith would get you and stuff like that. And also, sometimes these monks would be like, we have a lot of bones hanging around. We should do something with them. Yeah, because that one was also, like, because they had too many bones in an open grave, and they started using them as decoration, like, yeah. writing, their, writing their names on the walls with them and stuff. Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really kind of is. There's also a few uh, monasteries in, in Italy where they basically wired people's skeletons together, put them in monks' robes, and wired them standing up against the walls. So, like, you could walk into... Oh, like, so this... it is Five Nights at Freddy's. They <laughs> reverse-engineered it for Catholics. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't that's... know. Did, did it ever reach, like, Weekend at Bernie's levels, though? Where they're having <laughs> to, like, to marionette these guys? Or maybe they're, like, marionetting them for a very, like, important part of the sermon? You know, it's like... Oh, and then the, me and the, 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 the fourth are the just dead going rise out of on Christ, the weekend here. And then all the and saints sit do up. it. <laughs> Well, a lot of miracles and stuff were attributed to them. They would, like, once they came into the village, anything that kind of was not, like, good that happened, any good luck or a good harvest, they'd be like, hey, St. Germain is, is now here. We got him last month, and he's already working out great. We get him this month. You get him next month. It's oh, like the shared custody. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they had so many saints to choose from. They could, 
it, there's like a Pokedex of Catholic saints that you can grab from. And it doesn't so, really matter. So to go back <laughs> to what you were talking about, was there like a rotation where they were like, we got them this month and you get them next month? Or did every like small village no, claim one? They were they okay. were installed. They were like put into little okay. like, like really fancy like... Um, like so Greg didn't go around things. the whole countryside. Okay. No, no. And what, the reason why the Catholic Church did this is because this is after the Protestant Reformation, and a lot of Catholic churches in that area of the world were either burned or looted when Protestantism happened. So this was the Vatican taking these Catholic spaces and trying to make them like extra holy because they had lost so much during the Protestant Reformation. So are you saying but, that they had blinged uh, out exoskeletons? They literally did. They gilded them. They, I mean, they're absolutely stunning to look at. Um, they're literally just covered in, like, dripping with jewels and silks and all kinds of stuff. And some of them have wax faces or, um, like, big jewels and, like, their eye sockets and stuff. It's, like, straight out of, like, Indiana Jones or something. Do they have fangs? My... <laughs> they have teeth, Jordan. When we brought this up, I, I brought that my friend uh, Paul has a book called uh, Heavenly Bodies cult treasures and spectacular saints from the catacombs where he went under rome spain and other places and found a lot of these and realized that like most of these bodies were just fucking random ass people but they're like we gotta make a saint so they just like plugged sapphires and diamonds into their their like eye sockets and they're like i don't know it's covered in jewels now yeah that's that's kind of aspirational you know (laughs) That yeah. happened a lot, though, in Catholicism, because they, they, they've they actually, like, done studies about, like, how many churches think they have um, relics of certain saints. And it, some saints have, like, uh, 16 fingers and four eyes and yeah. all kinds of stuff because there was no one really keeping track about who was attributing to what. So most of them are There's fake. no one keeping track of the fingers. Yeah, that there's no the one thing. keeping track Th- of the that's fingers. That's the kind that's of the saint fingers, I want to worship, dudes. though, man. <laughs> I, I want to worship a saint that has, like, lots of bones well it's like the biblical idea of angels and what we have like in pop culture and biblical angels have like 12 wings and are covered in eyes yeah and eat, they only eat livers of the newborn like angels are crazy yeah that stuff's wild and the fact that we now have like the, wait they're the like fuck now do you think an angel is <laughs> yeah nowadays it's like pretty women with blonde hair and like yeah. white dresses and i'm like no i want the 12 wings and the covered in eyes part that's way cooler no, no, go back to the, the the child livers part. That's a new one for me. There's one that had like a head of a lion, a goat, and a ram, but all on the same head. Another another, another angels is a big burning wheel of eyes. Some of that can also be attributed to mistranslations of the Bible. There's one nah, famous nah, part of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> There's one famous part of the Bible where um, Moses is said to have been ringed with glory after receiving good news, and that was translated incorrectly from. I believe Aramaic to Greek, saying that he was crowned with horns. So there's actually statues in like Paris and stuff like that where there's a statue of Moses and he has horns. Hell yes. <laughs> I, I, I only he's believe actually, the... where he's actually horny. Yeah, oh I only God. I only believe the parts of the Bible that make it more metal and then just yeah. like <laughs> that and are aesthetically pleasing and then just get rid of the parts of the Bible that are like bullshit. Yeah. That's that's usually how Catholicism goes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there are several there's tons of repeats of saints too like everyone think they sold these saints more than once i bet 
too. Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. And, not just um, not just extra fingers, but like whole ass. We both have Saint Michael, you know, kind of thing. And also, they would take local forest gods or like local mythology and be like, "You're Catholic now, and you're going to be a saint, and here's some bones." Like, so that's how Catholicism kind of like meld local traditions and try to oh, keep yeah. that I, stuff. Oh yeah, I grew up in I grew up in Mexico, and the syncretism that's what you're talking about is super prevalent down there. Mm-hmm. Like, they would take all like the local um, Mayan and Aztec and like Huichilote beliefs and um, just add virgin of instead so like one of the biggest temples in um, oaxaca where i lived had the virgin of loneliness wow that's metal <laughs> that's my favorite brand new album oh my god <laughs> which is this huge virgin of guadalupe mary looking thing but but she's like but her, her all her outfit is jet black murdered out wow. and she's, just, she's the, the virgin of loneliness and you go there and pray to this huge murdered out virgin which is fucking rad <laughs> that is so that's why, like, I was raised Catholic. I'm no longer Catholic because when you're raised Catholic, you grow up to no longer be Catholic. And um, just looking back at some of the stuff that you, like, look at in churches or in stained glass or in artwork, you have to step back from it and be like, this is aesthetically gorgeous. These people are out of their fucking minds. Like that one, like, on the, the lower parts of her cape, everyone would, would pin um, little metal body parts of the bo- type of body part they wanted her to heal so her her train which is covered with little silver hearts and arms and legs and like bones Amazing. and stuff just all pinned there like her bling is this what we're headed for as well like when podcasts are catholicism at the end of the day it'll be like yeah what we pinned to the end of uh carrying into the void was just like i don't know assholes and toenails <laughs> I, whatever we fa- we had around well, if it's it's about like highlighting something so that the mass consciousness believes it enough that it comes true, or enters into the con- to, into the common mental commons, then yeah, whatever we pin, your pin tweet or like the, your your bumper on your podcast is the thing that people are going to be repeating in their brains enough that they will will it into being. Your pinned tweet. Pin tweet. <laughs> pin tweet as sorcery. You heard it here first. I can do you one better on this, though. When I was younger, my mom, who's from Ireland, um, took us back to Dublin to see family. And there's a church in Dublin that you can go down to the basement, and they have a mummified skeleton down there. They say it's a, um, what are they called? The um, the the ones who found, who went after the, the um, oh, in Indiana Jones, the chalice or whatever. Um, the knights. The, the, the grail? Yeah, the Grail. The, so he's he's one of the the knights uh, from the Grail stories, and they Round say yeah, table. this guy's yeah, and um, you can go, and it's good luck to shake his hand. Hell yeah! Nope, nope. I was the only one in my family that did. I marched <laughs> right up to that skeleton. I'm like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Of course, I'm going to shake his hand. I had the best day ever when I was like six. But what if you like bring in also the kissing of the Blarney Stone and that, and kind of mash those up together? Oh, yeah, you can just go kiss mummies. Sometimes yeah. you go to a country, you kiss a rock above death, and then you shake the hand of death, and then everyone's like, you know what? Check you out. Let's what kiss a death charming too. person you are. You know what? <laughs> you get another life. If I life. have the, I have the opportunity to smooch death, I am going <laughs> to smooch death. Yeah, totally. But that's there... what you do every day. I don't know what you want. But aren't, aren't we all smooching death every day? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just trying to be 
that Emily Dickinson life, you know? Oh, uh, no, not Emily Dick. You, you want the, the, um, oh, the woman who wrote Frankenstein. Why Mary am I Shelley? Oh, Mary Shelley. You want the Mary Shelley life. She was... Goth as fuck. Oh, my God. She kept Percy Shelley's heart in a box on her writing desk until she died. Oh, yeah. After she, like, grabbed it out of the pyre after it didn't burn enough. Yeah. Oh, it's it's amazing. I, I hope... Oh, Jess, my, my partner already has several long, complicated plans for me when I die, which is not at all worrisome. Oh but one of the ones <laughs> that actually fits in with this perfectly is she said she's going to get a, an old house that has, like, a lot of walls that aren't well planned out. Um, so she's going to have, like, she's going to be, like, this always in black, like, lesbian witch at that point. But she's going to take my body and mummify it and then put, like, um, runes all over the skeletons and stuff and give, my, give me werewolf fingernails and like crystals in my forehead and then put me inside of a load non-load bearing wall so that so that one day when the house is like on hgtv flippers and somebody wants to really open up to have an open floor plan they're gonna open it up and i'm gonna pop out like this occult werewolf skeleton in the wall that's amazing that's the best thing i've ever heard it was it was a joke that scott adams did on the strip dilbert uh when i was a child uh, but uh, Dilbert said, what are you going to do when I die? And Dogbert said, I'm going to mail you to someone I don't like. And to this day, that remains what I want to happen. I want, <laughs> I want my wife to take my body and just put it in the mail to somebody I don't like, no return address, and just have them open up like a real fly-covered, smelly corpse. That they don't know where to send it back to. I mean, if you try, if you try hard enough, she can like, she could get that to several people you don't like. You know, like this could be a, like a, a mass mailing. I like that you did the joke of like, what's worse than like a worm and an apple, half a worm and an apple. You're like, what's worse than a brock in a box? One third of a brock in a box. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about uh, how good the assonance was though. Brock in a box, like that could brock become in a box. that could become branding. Yeah. That could be your guys' new I'm actually box. really happy now because there, there are three people that deserve it more than one. Great idea. Great joke. But I want to go on record as a part of carrying into the void. Fuck Scott Adams. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Let's cover that part. <laughs> Just putting it out there. So you have any other great tidbits about gold-plated roaming saint killers for I us? I do. I do. Then let's hear um, them. They didn't also go to churches. They could be purchased by private individuals. So there were a lot of very wealthy families in Europe who would purchase a skeleton from the Vatican, take it home, put it in their basement and be like, yes, we had a saint in the family. This is Uncle Hank. And he was a saint. And they literally just told everyone in town that they had a saint in their basement and it was someone in their family. And that was a very common thing for wealthy people to do back then. I've seen Brahms the boy too. I I can't believe that it is historically accurate. <laughs> Megan, this is very important. I have to ask you something. Yes, Jordan. Can can you still buy these? Can can you like still buy these saints? I, I think you have to know a guy in the Vatican. But I might know. I, a guy I thought in the we Vatican. all knew a guy upstairs in the Vatican. When you when you when oh, you God. become a goth, one of the things you'd get is a guy in the Vatican because you have to get all your crosses somewhere. <laughs> No, you, it's, it's, I mean, if you want to go and find a skeleton somewhere and bling it out with, like, you know, 
a bedazzler. You totally can do that. No one's you stopping th- you. You think I don't have a Etsy wish list of different skeletons? <laughs> then you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can have your own ossuary in your attic. Oh, I have plans for if we ever own a house. I definitely have plans. Mid-century alchemist is going to be like the aesthetic. That's a good aesthetic. That's a great aesthetic. None of this cottage core stuff. I want you to go like medieval scientist who is trying to turn lead into gold and is slowly going mad. Oh, not not medieval. It's mid-century, so it's like nice. Oh, mid-century. Sorry. It's nice. It's nice, clean aesthetic, but also a shit ton of dead things. <laughs> who doesn't love dead things, though? So we talked about that we can buy them ourselves. We talked about that they're gold-plated, and they might just be, like, a random heretic that they had in storage. What else we got here? I'm trying to think if there's anything interesting. It's hard because they're such a visual medium. I encourage everyone listening to go Google either, like, bejeweled skeletons or um, catacomb saints so you can actually see what we're talking about. But they are absolutely stunning works of art. Um and it's you'd think it's creepy i mean i personally love skeletons so i don't think they're creepy at all but i understand how some people do and they're just so beautiful it's hard to think about how creepy they are so catacomb um, saints is a great band name too it is a great band name when i was writing that down i was like that's going into my word doc of band names which is currently about 300 band names long so all right so we've covered our topic and i think i have a carrying to the void moment for this one I'd love so, to hear wonderful. it. All right. You are so much more than the costumes and decorations they tried to cover you up with. There is a glorious, fervent darkness within you, an achingly disjointed perfection of powdered time and yellowed bone. You don't need to have others tell you that. It has already emerged from the darkening petals of your chest. It has always been there in the quiet listening to the growing feral hymn that is your becoming. Sure, golden jewels and painting and oils and sacrificial bloodrooms are nice and all, but the true stars in the firmament of your abyss will never be, ever be contained. That's stunning. Feral hymn is my new band name. I love that one so much. I haven't cracked during one in a while. Oh my god, that was. <laughs> that was I, I actually stunning. own the domain name Feral Ossuary. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> because I know I, I I thought of it one day. I'm like, I'm gonna use this for something. Feral yeah, Ossuary. <laughs> no, that's incredible. Megan, where can people find your work? People can find me on Twitter at Eldritch Girl, one word. Um, and they can also find me on tour.com or tour nightfire right under the name Megan ball. Um, and they can also find me on Instagram. If anyone wants to look at my dumb cross stitches that I make, which is also at Eldritch girl. Don't you also have a really nicely designed website? I do. It's absolutely stunning. Thank you so much. It is eldritchwrites.com, and it's where you can look at my writing services and perhaps, I don't know, hire me for things. I think you should. people should hire you for things. Thank you. <laughs> I'm hiring you right now. <laughs> so do, does anyone have like a self-care moment or a tip that they want to share this week? I've been doing a thing where I've been listening to a lot of old um, bands from when I was in high school to try and reclaim some of that feeling of not having the world be on fire and, um, nice. you know, having your That's whole life one. ahead of you instead of behind so um, 
I definitely encourage people to kind of rediscover old bands and look at, you know, things they haven't listened to in a while. Um, so definitely do that. I grew up in high school in New Jersey in like the pop punk era. So I've been listening to a lot of Thursday and Saves the Day and AFI and Alkaline Trio and My Chemical Romance. So Saves um, the Day. Saves the Day is an incredible band. I, was, I will not have I was a word so, said against No, no, no. I, I loved Saves the Day, especially that, that Stay What You Are album. It's that, was, that, 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 was, that was the one I loved. I wasn't to it that on was repeat. An inc- Great Every album. year at New Year's, I do Jet Black New Year around everyone who has no fucking clue what I'm doing. I'm like, five, four, and here's my things. And they're just like, the fuck are you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm very drunk, but like, there's one thing that I have here. Uh, yeah. No, that's a great one. Uh, mine ties into yours. My uh, self-care is the outdoors uh, with listening to music. So same thing. Uh, grab the songs you like, put the headphones in, get out there. Mine is I've been playing the new Paper Mario game, and it is adorable as fuck. <laughs> and makes me laugh. It's full of silly one-liners and paper art, which, I mean, how can you not be happy when everything's made out of construction paper? That's true. How that's... can anyone be unhappy? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, that water's moving. Oh, man, that's, those waves are made out of different colored cardboard. I love it. <laughs> Does anyone have a signal boost they want to do? I have my own uh, selfish one. I, of, I, ha- I have a book coming Jordan. out. Jordan, you have a book? Why haven't you told us? I don't know. Jordan, I, I, I actually book? haven't talked about it on this Jordan, one, so. a book? Oh, yeah, Jordan. <laughs> a Jordan book? Book you Jordan? You need yes. to tell the masses about your book. Oh. <laughs> so I have a book coming out with the publisher Unbound, who is an English publisher, so it's extra fancy. And it is called Hot Singles in Your Area. And it's going to be like a stitch story um, novel, horror, comedy, a bunch of like ephemera, like fake um, news ads and stuff, all kind of telling a creepy story that is about hot singles in your area. And you can find it at unbound.com backslash books backslash hot singles. So proud of you, man. And it's already been funded, so it's going to happen, which means I have to fucking write it now. <laughs> and um, But... If it gets overfunded, I get paid. So oh, that's always yeah. good. <laughs> You're going to crush it, man. <sighs> yeah. And that's another, like, an, an, another self-care is that like, when I'm thinking about this book, I was super freaking out. And now I'm like, no, it's just all these little stories stitched together like stolen skin from an undead corpse. You know, like I'll just take this one and stitch it onto the skeleton here. And I'll just take the eyes from this and stitch it into there. And at the end, hopefully I can finish it up with some kind of incantation. It'll it's make kind it of live. like the Vatican finding a bunch of bones, sticking them together, and covering them in jewels. Bringing it around. I do what I can. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's my signal boost. Hey, Megan, why is your book. signal boost Jordan's book? <laughs> because Jordan is awesome, and he's one of the best writers I know, and he does <laughs> horror and comedy both very well, and I feel everyone should both follow him on all the social medias, give him money for his book, and continue to give him money just in general. <laughs> I mean, I can't say I disagree. <laughs> and also, people should give Brock's endeavors money as well. No, 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 no. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. No, no, no. Uh, so I would like to promote uh, Jordan's book. Uh, no, uh, Jordan has a book coming out 
deserving of money, and here is why. Jordan is a good person, and not just a good person in the way that uh, our show exists, but a good person in the way that he uh, extends his time, effort, energy, and focus into people 24 hours a day, seemingly never sleeping for some reason, uh, being on Twitter, it's a problem. finding those who uh, have been wronged, uh, shining a light there, and also shining an opposite light on those who have been <laughs> terrible. And this has gone on for a decade now, like it is who he is and what defines him. And all of this is like a secondary job to being such an incredible writer who produces so much work. And it is a thing that I think uh, a number of writers discuss, and I have discussed it with other writers around Jordan previously, which is just like, hey, where do you find the time to do this sort of writing and also be this prolific online? And some of us don't know, and I don't know, and I genuinely, my answer is that, like, it's the reason I don't have several books done because I'm on Twitter uh, being a piece of shit. Uh, yelling at people about Donald Trump. Uh, but Jordan is always out there lamenting those who have been lost and rising up the voices of those who deserve better. And at the end of the day, if there was nothing about him that carried any amount of talent, I would still be like, buy the fucking book because he is just a genuine fucking human being. But... The reason I know him is because he's so fucking talented and this book is a culmination of his talent. Like my dad is excited to read it. My your, uncle is your excited da, your, to your read dad it. People, people instant that, messaged like, me yesterday. Yes. <laughs> really? Fucking yes. That's yeah, right. Facebook messaged me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I we'll, we'll talk about it later. Yes. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Yes. Everyone wants to support who Jordan is, uh, and uh, there are very few authors in our time that we can do that with, and um, I, th I think there's a part of where we started with in the show, which was like, hey, what about Lovecraftian positivity, and the immediate conversation about, like, Lovecraft sucks shit, let's never put our name on yeah. his name on anything, <laughs> that, like, also defined, like, oh, uh, horror and our specific brand of horror and the things that we love uh, require a new set of definitions and I think that Shively is one of those like um, that replaces that 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 will be one of the names that replaces what what we have to take away no, uh, as a standard it. for this thing no so um, please support his book Please buy it, um, and, and and please support my friend. He has a billion T-shirts and notebooks, and um, he he's just a good guy. So be there for him. <laughs> buy Barack's book, Postal. You both have books. You're both insanely talented. Yeah. <laughs> well, that thank you. I will trying to turn over new leaves in my brain. I will say thank you for those statements. <laughs> that I, I will accept. I will accept them as true and not diminish your insights by saying no way um even though like my i have embarrassed goosebumps right now uh, <laughs> so i think that's bringing us to the end of the episode um 
thank you all for coming. We know these are coming out super irregularly, but we're also living in irregular times right now. And I think all of us, the best we can do is deal with the emotional social trauma we're receiving every day by existing in a pandemic in a fascist control state and just make things when we can, you know, and if you're making anything or even existing and breathing, then you're doing great. So we'll see you next time. And remember, until then, keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and many. Thank you. Thank you. Carrying Into the Void was brought to you by that feeling you get when you think there's something moving in the shadows, but you can't be quite sure, but you don't want to move to turn the light on for fear that something will notice you move.